And I think that that narrative is really harmful because my class, there were 95 of us and everyone ended up going to a university. Not a single person took a gap year or even went to a community college. Welcome to Setback Stories. I'm Chelsea, your host, here today to bring you on an adventure full of lessons and stories about me, my guests, and the times we've had to move backwards before moving forwards. So, whether you're exercising, commuting to work, or have some free time, we hope you enjoy the episode. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Setback Stories. I'm super excited and a tiny bit nervous today to be hosting someone who, are, who I've been wanting to get onto Setback Stories for the longest time. Reason being, she is the person who has helped Kendra, Madison, and I actually get Setback Stories up off the ground, considering her own experience with p- producing and hosting her very own podcast called It's All Good. Her name is Lauren Lee. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Chelsea. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. How are you? I know we've like literally talked two days ago, but how have you been? How's your reading week? (laughs) Thanks for asking. I I actually, this reading break, I like I was telling you, I said, I'm going to do zero schoolwork and then I'm going to regret it Mm -hmm. Sunday night, but I'm feeling it's it's a Wednesday right now. I'm feeling okay about my decision. I went to Michael's yesterday and I got a paint by numbers kit. Have you seen those before? Oh, no, I've never heard of it. Enlighten me, please. It's. Do you remember as a kid when you had those coloring books where they every every part was a different number and then every color is a different number? So you would fill in oh, yes. all the numbers and it would create this picture. So it's basically, basically like that except paint. I would show you, but this Whoa. is an audio medium, so maybe afterwards. But <laughs> yeah, after. I've, I spent like five hours yesterday working on it. Like, wow. I didn't go to the bathroom like once. And as someone that frequently pees, that's that's big for me. Where is that wellness break, Lauren? I know. I'm such a hypocrite. I don't know what happened <laughs> yesterday. I was so in the zone. I couldn't stop. Well, I am. I commend you for um, committing to your plan to actually use reading break as a legitimate break. And going back to, I guess, your childhood roots of like just being creative and enjoying. Is it watercolor? Like watercolor paint? It's. It's acrylic, oh. which is a lot easier oh, than watercolor. I feel like watercolor like bleeds into each other and there's so many like tiny parts of the picture that you have to be really specific. And I'm I'm not much of a painter, so this is truly a, a beginner's project for me. Well, I am so excited to see it after our recording session today. And I know I gave the listeners a tiny spiel of who you are and what you do, but I figured it'd be best if you could give your um, if you could give the audience maybe a bigger picture of who you are, what you do, and what you're up to now. Sure, sure thing. Okay, that's a lot of that's a lot of questions. Sorry, so, take your time. I? <laughs> I'm Lauren. I'm Chelsea's friend. I'm I'm really happy to be here. And I am secondly, firstly, I'm Chelsea's friend. Secondly, I'm a student <laughs> at UBC. I'm doing a combined major in math and psychology, and I'm finishing up my last term. So I'll be graduated in April, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So right now, I'm just finishing up my last three classes and hashtag Zoom learning. <laughs> hashtag Zoom learning, hashtag Zoom university. We love that. Yes, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you had originally planned to finish up these last three courses last semester, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That was the right. plan. I had 
planned to graduate December 2020. Like that date had been in my mind for for a while now, but it did not come to fruition for reasons that Chelsea and I will will go into in this episode. Yeah. Wow. Amazing transition. You just did it for me. Yeah. So today's topic is actually going to be about taking unexpected time off. And what's funny is that Lauren and I took a gap semester at the same time um, as of last semester, um, what, from September to December 2020. And it was quite uncanny how our stories are like so similar and that we were both kind of forced to take a gap semester due to personal physical injuries that we're going to delve into today. So I know that if that in previous episodes, I've talked a tiny bit about my concussion recovery, which I am still going through today. But I figured, um, since I've already talked a bit about it, um, I figured I could maybe pass on the spotlight to Lauren's story and how she came about taking that decision to make to take a gap semester, um, what the experience was like, and how it feels to be back in school again. Sure. Thanks, Chelsea. You're you're so good at this. I'm just sitting here watching you, and I'm really proud of you. Uh, okay, so thanks for that that introduction. I I have a little bit of a story time. I, I hope I hope you don't mind, Chelsea. <laughs> okay, so basically, like Chelsea said, we both had to take semesters off. And it all started because I was experiencing hand and wrist pain when I was using a computer. So this was back in July of 2020. And I thought that it was carpal tunnel. I thought I injured my wrist from doing yoga. I wasn't really sure, but I was just getting uh, nerve pain whenever I tried to type or write. So Mm -hmm. that made it really difficult to do normal things. It started to be hard for me to do things like brush my teeth or to use utensils. Just everything that involved my hands were just more difficult and took me longer to do. So it was really confusing. I didn't know what was happening to me. I went to see my doctor. He said that I might need to get carpal tunnel surgery. I had been doing physio for a few weeks, but I wasn't getting any better. And I was pretty scared because I any kind of invasive intervention is scary. Chelsea has obviously done ACL surgery, so she's a pro at it. But I'm for a wimp like (laughs) me that has only gotten like her wisdom teeth out. That's like the extent of my surgery experience. But it, I knew I was going to be out of commission if that were to be the case. So when Mm -hmm. end of August came around, I knew that I had three courses left. I was really looking forward to graduating in December and moving on to the next chapter of my life. But because of COVID, everything is online and it was just impossible for me to do school. Mm. I had an appointment with the Center of Accessibility at our university and we just kept running into dead ends. Even if I used speech to text and used assistive technology, Mm. it just would have been really difficult. So ultimately I decided that I need to prioritize my health and I don't want this condition to get even worse. So Mm -hmm. I had to defer the semester. It was a really disappointing decision, but it it wasn't even a decision, actually. I was like, I'm for sure, I have to take school off as much as I don't want to. Right, and, right. And yeah, so so that's basically what happened. But what I, I didn't tell you, Chelsea, is kind of how the story took a turn. <laughs> in I'm laughing about it now, but it's actually like, it was very oh. anxiety-provoking at the time. Oh. 
But starting in September, I, I alluded to the fact that there was a lot of confusion about what was happening to me because it it didn't seem to be carpal tunnel. Okay. One day I started to feel nerve pain in my legs and it was the same nerve pain that I felt in my hands mm-hmm. and wrists. And then it had spread through my arms, my back, my neck. And I had no idea what was happening. I was like, that's scary. Uh, it, it signaled to me that this wasn't a yoga injury, but this was potentially a neurological thing. Mm-hmm. So I went back to my doctor and he said that it was, So basically what I was experiencing was it felt like I had electric current sensations in my body, like electrifying, like radiating sensations that would just be uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. And I, my doctor said kind of the only thing that made sense was early onset of multiple sclerosis. And I will spoil the ending by saying I do not have MS. I'm in the clear, but there was a time where that was a real possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I've told this story before, yeah. and I've, I've I've scared people for sure. And like, yeah. and like you too. really scared me, but but that's just to I my doctor got me to do an MRI of my brain and neck to that would be the right. determinant of whether I had this chronic condition that uh-huh. can be treated but can't be cured. So I had to grapple with this this new possible diagnosis and this new life change, mm-hmm. which was really terrifying to me. But I ended up doing the MRI. It came back completely normal. And there was nothing apparently wrong with my nerves that they could mm-hmm. see in scans. So anyway, all of this to say, basically what happened to me, the way my doctor describes it is I experienced something similar to a condition called fibromyalgia, which is for those of you that don't know what that is, it's a condition where it's a really wide range of disorders. It's hard to diagnose, but the patients will report feeling subjective feelings of pain. But when you do an x-ray or you do an MRI, nothing shows up. Mm. Like there's no pathology to show any damage. And he said, that's probably what you have. You have a hypersensitivity to your nerves. Uh, hopefully it'll just go away, but there's there's not really much you can do other than just eat well, exercise, do the basic wellness things. Uh, yeah. So since then, I will spoil the ending, but I have recovered significantly for no reason that I I know. I, I didn't change anything about my lifestyle, but over the past few months, I just I my pain is significantly decreased. I still have weird sensations, but I'm just used to it now. And now I'm back in school doing classes and I'm able to type and write and and engage in life normally, as normal as you can at this time. So thank you for listening to my TED talk. <laughs> Wow, what a story. Wow, thank you for sharing that TED Talk. Um, And I kind of want to give you some more credit where it's due. You've told me that you committed to some physical therapy now to help improve your wrist pain, right? Yeah, yeah. I knew in August, I tried to do everything in my power to be able to do school in September. That was my goal. I I had a summer job that I had Mm -hmm. to quit because I'm like, okay, I I got to get better in time for school. That was the most important thing to me. And I've shared with Chelsea before that this yeah. is my, would have been, it, it's been my sixth year at UBC. I, in my fourth year, I decided to switch programs and mm-hmm. ext- it extended my degree by a year, um, but ended up un- ended up being a year and a half because of this semester that I had to take off. Mm-hmm, right. So I was very diligent with physio. I, I, I feel like I was the best physio patient you could possibly oh, yeah, be because I, I just, I refuse to 
I, I really didn't want to take the term mm-hmm. off. I was like, there's, there's nothing I can do. Like I can't work. I can't volunteer. We're in the time of COVID. Um, but even, even when you do all the homework and you try your best, I, it, it, sometimes it still doesn't work out, which makes sense. Cause I was being treated for carpal tunnel and I, and I didn't have carpal tunnel. So mm-hmm. if, if anything, like it's possible, uh, like physio might've aggravated the condition, but there's okay. really no way of knowing. And, uh, now that it's all in the past, it's, it's easy to see where like, oh, I should have done this and, and did things differently. But mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm here to tell the tale, no wrist pain. I can like do origami again. Not that I did that, but I could if I wanted to. <laughs> wow. I'm really happy for you. And I'm really um, proud of you for doing everything in your power. Cause I know not everything can be controlled to um, get to your goal of finishing the final rip of your degree. And obviously we know that that wasn't possible because of the events you just unfolded right in front of me. And I also, before I go any further, I want to say that I'm really sorry that you had to go through all that inner turmoil of receiving a scary potential diagnosis um, and a potential um, intervention that like, as soon as the words come out of one's mouth, like surgery, you might need surgery, can like trigger so many emotions and make you really spiral into into like a thought process that might not even come true. So I'm sorry that you had to go through that, like such scary thinking, because I've definitely been down that road. And like, with my ACL recovery, like as soon as like, a doctor told me that I might have torn my ACL and might have needed surgery, like I like just bawled. So I'm sorry, but I'm so happy that you've recovered like for me I like obviously everyone likes certainty I'm sure and it can be what's the word I don't know unsatisfying to not know why you've recovered but I guess the most important part is that you have recovered and that you're here today finishing your degree so I'm proud of you and I'm sorry that you've had to go through that oh thanks for getting it Chelsea that that's really nice of you and uh I I, I wanted to, to point out that like before I was able to get my, my MRI, my doctor said to me that the, because of COVID, the wait lists are really backed up. So it could take up to four months to get confirmation that it, whether you have MS or not. And so for this period of time, I had to just live with the uncertainty. Like I was like, yeah. I, I did the questionable thing of looking up MS symptoms on WebMD because I just felt like I had mm. to know if if yeah. this was something that was ha- going to happen to me. Like I felt like I I want to be aware of what symptoms might come up. So it oh, was yeah. just a time where every day I was like, "Am I numb? Am I fatigued? Am I nauseous?" Because right. I I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and there was no other explanation for what I had. So I think it really forced me to to sit with anxiety and sit with uncertainty mm-hmm. um, in a way that was, I, it, it made me a lot more present. Like I had to be forced mm-hmm. to live in the present moment. Cause if I thought, if I worried about the future, then it would just be too insurmountable to think about. So I like during this time, I really had to take it day by day um, and right. then just hope for the best. And I, I was really lucky to have only experienced a health scare and not the actual condition Um, So I'm one of the lucky ones and I feel really grateful for that. Wow. I am like drawing parallels between my 
ACL recovery and my concussion recovery because I think the most emotionally challenging part of my ACL recovery was just waiting for my MRI because there's so much uncertainty with that. Like we're very, I we're very blessed and um, privileged to access a public healthcare system which can publicly fund our MRIs. But of course, the downside of that is being put on a wait list. And even like when I um, was waiting for my MRI, there was no. It wasn't, it, this was pre-pandemic. So the wait list was still pretty long and it just sucked not having the answers to what was happening inside my body. So I can empathize with you in that. But I'm sure you were probably much more scared than I was considering the severity of like MS um, compared to an ACL tear, which does have um, a path forward uh, in terms of recovery. And I also wanted to draw parallels with my concussion recovery. I agree with you in that my concussion had to, mm, no, that's kind of a lie. I feel like my concussion, you right now has, have just made me realize that I should probably be more present um, with my concussion recovery because concussions are weird. They don't really have a fine timeline and I, I'm not going to know when it's going to end. And I feel like what it's been like eight months since the incident I feel like all this time I've been living in the future of planning for the day that my headaches are going to go away since that's my only lingering symptom. Um, And so I want to thank you for reminding me to maybe just take it day by day. I know you write a lot about mindfulness and um, living in the moment on your LinkedIn, which I love. And you're actually one of the reasons why I picked up meditation. Um, I know you talked about meditation on It's All Good. And like that has definitely grounded me and even like made me more grateful for like the downsides of dealing with um, a concussion. So thank you for that. I get you. (laughs) That's that's really nice of you, Chelsea. I I really appreciate that. And I also just want to mention that I it took me a long time to get to that point. Like the first few weeks when I got this, this news, I mean, I was so like angry and so upset mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. I, I wanted nothing more than to just to zoom forward. I didn't want to live in the present because it was, it was so overwhelming to deal with this, with this oh, yeah. news. So mm-hmm. it living in the moment, it's easier said than done. I mean, it's, it's really difficult. I think it's like one of the hardest mm-hmm. things uh, like ever. So I, I think it, it, it's definitely adjustment that can take like your whole lifetime to learn right, how to do. Right. And I'm, I'm learning how to be more present every single day. So I, I just want to mention or point out that it, I, I didn't feel like I had to be like positive the entire time and mm-hmm. be optimistic and say like, oh, even if I have this, like it's going to be okay. Because the reality is that news like that is, is really distressing. So I really mm-hmm. let myself sit in those like uncomfortable thoughts. And I feel like because I did that, I was better able to, to control my emotions and then, and then move, move forward from there. Right. And I think you just highlighted the importance or I guess the essence of staying in the present and being mindful because like mindfulness is all about not even having like a positive outlook, but also just not having a negative outlook, but rather just like a neutral perspective on like how things are and not judging them positively or negatively. So I think you hit the nail on the head like that and the fact that mindfulness is a muscle that can be trained every day. So thank you for 
giving me permission to not be so perfect or to be imperfect when it comes to trying to be more present when dealing with a recovery that's hard and that's okay to be angry at and to be disappointed at. Yeah. Does that make sense? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I'm on board with you, Chelsea. I think both of us, because we had to take time off of school, I think we we just had a lot of free time on our hands. And I think we Mm -hmm. both, we both talked about how we were, we felt really restricted in terms of like, because of your concussion, you, you didn't, uh, or you tried to use as less screen time as you could. And same for me, I I couldn't use a computer. So we had to like, be forced to like sit with these thoughts about uncertainty and anxiety about the future. I'm curious about you, Chelsea, like when dealing with your concussion and dealing with not having school or routine, like how did you, how did you find ways to find normalcy if if you were able to do that? Um, very good question because yeah, taking a gap semester was, it was nice in that like I didn't have to worry about the stressors of everyday student life and like finally taking a break from the school system that I've been a part of for what like 18 years um but at the same time that comes with that comes at the cost of kind of losing routine and like losing a part of my identity which is a student which I have been for 18 years and have identified for as like 18 years of my life and so I tried my best to um attain some normalcy by establishing a routine but that was really difficult like my sleep my sleep schedule was really messed up in that like I never realized how much school and having a class schedule regulated my sleep routine until I didn't have it for the semester so I tried because I had so much time since I wasn't in school um I filled that time with volunteering at physio clinic since physio is a field that I want to pursue someday and spending actually lots of time preparing the launch of setback stories so I try to um, plan things every week, but of course, like my volunteer schedules and like meetings for the podcast weren't always consistent. So I definitely struggled attaining some normalcy, but what also helped added, I guess, some normalcy or like regulated my routine was like all my health appointments because with a concussion, I had to work with a psychotherapist who I am still seeing to this day and who I love so dearly and uh, a few physiotherapists chiropractor, athletic therapist, and just having those weekly, I guess, interactions also was proved pretty well for my um, social health in that, like, it was so nice to get out of the house, like, to volunteer, but also to to see, like, my athletic therapist or my physiotherapist. And I'm not sure if you had the same experience because I, I remember talking to you over the summer and you were quite um, hesitant about seeing a physiotherapist in person since COVID was relatively like a new thing in the summer still and like people were still unsure about going out so I tried to attain normalcy by filling my schedule with uh, podcasting and volunteering and my health appointments but um, the normalcy wasn't ever at 100% but that's okay yeah I it would be pretty difficult to when when you don't have those external uh, structural elements like work or school then I don't, I don't know how people do it. Like people that like work from home or are CEOs of their own yeah. company, they can work like any time of day. I, I think like mm. you, I, I really appreciate having structure. I, I like that a lot. So for me, mm. this was I probably the first time in my life that 
I had zero obligations whatsoever. I didn't have school. I didn't have work. I didn't have volunteering. And for someone that Mm. is is relatively pretty busy, especially my five years at university, it was it was like the universe. If there's a higher power, I don't know. That can be a different podcast. <laughs> it was forcing me to take a break from everything, even yeah. though it was a break that I I didn't want. I, I was mm-hmm. I was ready to go back to school, but it even even though I I had this lack of routine, I I tried to be to to get more comfortable with the idea of not having a routine. Mm-hmm. Like the basic things I had in place, like I would usually eat meals at the same time and wake up and sleep mm-hmm. at the same time. But I I kind of indulged in being able to wake up and say, I can do whatever I want mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to do yeah. it. And I might never have a time like this mm-hmm. ever again where I don't have to be an adult and, and work and pay taxes. Yeah. And all that. Well, I still have to pay taxes, but it... It, once I shifted that idea, like for so long, I was like, I hate not having a routine. Mm-hmm. But I think after a while, I just habituated and just said, you know what, let's let's just live spontaneously yeah. for, for a second. Mm-hmm. Just it's it's kind of fun to just do random things and and do things that you never thought you would do. So so it even though it started off as being, it did feel like a setback having to take a term off, but. I, I tried my best to make it uh, make it restorative as as possible. It, it's it's kind of hard in the time of COVID, but um, take advantage of the time because I knew that eventually I was going to go back to school. I I didn't know when that would be for a while, but end of end of November, I had a feeling that I was going to be better in time for for January. So once I had uh, an idea of when uh, school was going to happen again, I was like, you know what, I'm just. I'm just going to be comfortable with what I have right now. And I think that also ties into to just being more present. Oh, I love it. I love your – I always love your mindset, Lauren. Like, that kind of just reminds me of how um, I think prior to September um, or – yeah, prior to September when I initially made the decision to take a term off, um, if not the whole year off, I was – my mind was like, okay, Chelsea, you have like – four months or like eight months off, like, what are you going to do? Um, and I try to think about like how I could occupy my time more so because like you said, I, I've just been so used to um, juggling school, being busy, being hooked in that culture of busyness and like doing so many extracurriculars. And my mom, when I was talking about this with my mom, like, what am I going to do during my semester off? Like I can't travel, which is like the normal thing to do during a gap semester um, or like a gap year. Um, I can't really work because um, lots of work these days are virtual and like I can't go on a screen. I was fortunate to fi- have found volunteer opportunities which were in person and didn't require the use of a screen. But my mom kind of like grounded me and was like, yo, Chelsea, like chill. She was like, Anak, which means like child in Tagalog. And she's like, Anak, you, you, you just got to relax. Like you work so hard and you never really give yourself a break. And even though like we as university students do get summer breaks, like it's not like a legit summer break because you can always get, because people usually occupy their summer breaks with either classes or like internships. So it was really nice to have someone remind me, um, have my mom remind me that it's okay to just not do anything. And like you said, live without obligations because it is quite a privilege and an opportunity to um, 
just take care of your, care of myself and take care of my my poor brain that is still recovering to this day. So I resonate with you. Yeah, and I I just commend you so much on even like I know this is meta, but but getting to produce this podcast and deal with uh, on top of dealing with all your concussion stuff because everything with the podcast you you got to use a screen it's really hard <laughs> to go around it and you have such a great team you, your friends Madison and Kendra I'm sure just you guys have worked really well together it's it's really cool to see and I think it's really rare that people take a year off like in the middle of university I think it's more mm-hmm. common before uh before first year like right after high school um personally I don't I don't know if I actually that's a lie I, I know a couple people that took yeah, same. Even multiple years off. So I I really commend you, Chelsea. That's a really hard decision to make. I don't know if it was or not, but uh, kind of going against the grain and doing something that was a bit unconventional. Because I know for me, I I went to an all-girls private high school and the- Oh my gosh, me too. What? Did you? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Kendra Madison, I went to an- Oh, this you're from scary. Toronto though. Yes, yes. Whoa. Wait, was it a Catholic school too? It was Anglican. Wow, so that's close. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Okay, that's not the same thing. Please don't come at me. Uh that's wow. Okay. Okay, now I'm trying to now there are like so many other things I feel like we can relate on because we've had like this five years of this very unique. <laughs> We're not the same person, Lauren. <laughs> I think you're me from three years ago, except you're smarter and more mature than I am. I ever was. So uh that's really interesting. Lauren. But anyway. So <laughs> I had been taught that the only thing that you do after high school is you go to UBC or you go to U of T or McGill, you don't take a gap year and you study science, engineering, or business. There's no other, everything else is just, you're not going to get a job if you go to arts or forestry or BCIT. And I think that that narrative is really harmful because mm-hmm. My class, there were 95 of us, and everyone ended up going to a university. Not a single person took a gap year or even went to a community college. And I think that's really harmful because not wow. everyone wants to do university. Not everyone uh, wants to follow that timeline. And I'm finding that when I, when I talk to my friends from high school or classmates, a lot of them ended up either changing majors like myself or changing programs because they didn't know what they wanted to do right after high school, but they were just kind of forced uh, mm. either explicitly or implicitly to, to just go into undergrad. And I, I think that things have changed a little bit when I, when I talk to people that still, that are currently attending to my high school, they're, they're talking about how uh, mm-hmm. the teachers have brought up like alternate paths, Good. like even going to trade yeah. school or going to culinary school or just just different things that we at least at the time I never even considered um Mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's it's because every part of society like family culturally media has told us that we need to follow this conventional path where we go to university after high school we find a full-time job we get married we have kids we work and then we die and (laughs) that's just the reality is that Mm -hmm. that path doesn't work for everyone. It works for such a small population of people. Right. And I guess I think like probably for the rest of my life, it'll just be me unlearning these cultural values that I have ingrained for 
for 23 years of my mm-hmm. life. So that that's all of this to say, Chelsea, I, I think it's awesome that you took a gap year and really prioritize your concussion health. And I'm, I'm excited that when you do go back to school full time, you're going to feel just like mentally like recovered and, and I, I'm excited for when that happens. Wow. Thanks, Lauren. And you, yeah, I totally agree with that um, harmful narrative of, or the assumed narrative of going straight to university, not trade school, not uh, community college, or not a gap year. Um, I definitely felt that from my high school as well, which was an, also an all-girls um, private high school. And I... I think you just highlighted how important it is to like take a break after high school if needed to figure yourself out um, and which post-secondary option you want to pursue. And I think I've really come to understand that like this gap semester because I wanted to um, not capitalize, but like make the most out of my gap semester. And I actually... One of the biggest reasons why I'm grateful that I did take a gap semester is so that I didn't have to spend more time and tuition on courses that I'm not really passionate about because this can be a whole nother episode. Um, But as you know, Lauren, that I made the decision to transfer majors, transfer faculties. And a big reason why I didn't want to make, make the jump in the first place is because I was already halfway done my degree and I was like, okay, I might as well just finish my science degree. But given the fact that I was forced to not take science courses, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not wasting any more time or any more tuition. Like, why don't I just go for um, the kin degree that I had always been thinking about since first year? So all of this to say, I think it goes to show that taking a break, either after high school or midway of university or whatever post-secondary choice of your choosing, really can help you clarify what you want in life in that taking a gap semester really fortified my decision to transfer majors and faculties in that I was able to finally reflect that I wasn't happy staying in science and that this was an opportunity to finally go after something that deep down I had been wanting to do, but haven't decided to do just because I succumbed to that narrative of not reflecting and but rather going straight into like a STEM field um, straight out of high school. Yeah, definitely, Chelsea. I because I, I feel like when you're in when you're taking classes, when you're doing the full course load, you're working, you're volunteering, like there isn't a ton of time to really reflect on the way that your life is going. And now that mm-hmm. you don't have any classes, you just you have more time and space to really uh, kind of sit with yourself and say, oh, actually, I, I want to make a change. And that change might not be possible mm-hmm. if you were busy with all these other things. Because I know when I'm in school, like I, I get so tunnel vision on just like, let's just get through this exam and everything else in my life doesn't matter. And it's, <laughs> it's a uh, right. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are pros and cons to, to either one. But yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. And I also want to go back and touch upon your um your determination to go back to school no matter what in September because I also had that determination like I had a week of flare-ups in August and I was so scared because I thought I had to start all my like 
physiotherapy or my rehab goals or basically my concussion recovery from square one again. And I was like, oh my goodness, school is in three weeks. Um, like, how am I going to do school? And I was just so scared about taking a gap semester or reducing my course load. And school had to be the way, in my mind, it, like school had to be the only option come September. And it's just so funny because like, we're, I think I forgot to mention that we met through Wellness Peers, um, a program that I talked about with our fellow wellness peer um, and friend, Kathy, in episode two. And that like the main, I feel like the, the primary lesson we got from that program was that your health came first. So I think it's kind of funny how we also got tunnel vision, even though deep down we knew that our health came first and that we almost prioritized school before our wrist health or our brain health. For sure. And I, I, I remember you were mentioning when we were planning for this episode that it it's a complete privilege to be able to take a semester off. I know not everyone can, or even while we're talking about accessing right. all these health services like physio and doing the MRI, like none of that stuff, at least I had to pay for. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, through, through our BC health plan. So mm-hmm. it, this time also made me reflect on, because all of these all these medical services I had never had to access before. Like I'd never been to physio. I'd mm-hmm. never done any kind of scans. And I, I think it just reminded me that mm-hmm. it wellness is a privilege. Like we being in Canada, mm-hmm. I, I totally take for granted just all the services that are available to us that are free or low of cost. So it, it is also just, mm-hmm. it's made me so much more grateful. Um, I don't know. Uh, that was totally a digression. I, from what we were talking about but it just it came no. to mind oh it relates no yeah thank you for bringing it up like that was definitely a point that I wanted to raise during this episode that prioritize your health if you can because right. not everyone can take a gap semester or a gap year because people do have to finish school whether it be because of like financial reasons um or eligibility for loans etc so I think it, this concussion recovery has and this gap semester have definitely made me more grateful of just being able to pursue a gap semester to take care of my brain. Living with a concussion, I am hopeful that this is a temporary situation, but it has definitely made me think about people who have disabilities or long or medical conditions which are more long-term than my concussion prognosis and how they might be going about life. With me and my screen intolerance, like, I've wondered, like, how do people go about um, this digital age, especially in the era, era of COVID, of, like, navigating an online space if they might have visual problems or visual impairments? I think you bring up a really good point, Chelsea, about about accessibility. I had never experienced any kind of ongoing medical condition where my able-bodiedness was compromised. And I'm, I'm really very privileged to that I never had to worry about that, that stuff before. But the, for the first time in my life, I was being impaired in some way. And for a time, I had to wear these arm braces on my wrists uh, 24-7, except in the shower, of course. But it really impaired my mobility and my range of movement. Mm-hmm. And it it totally, I had to engage in life in a completely new way. I mentioned having to use assistive technology, um, 
having to make all these little adjustments that other people have have to do this every single day for the rest of their lives. It really helped me just have more empathy for people mm-hmm. that not only have hand and wrist issues, but have things that you mentioned, like visual impairments or hearing impairments. And I would really challenge people mm-hmm. to, I, I would even say like, try a day using like speech to text or, or using some kind of accessibility feature, like all, most laptops do have them just to get a taste of what it might be like for another person. Mm -hmm. Cause for me, it totally opened my eyes to just how like humans are complex. We all have different uh, or varying degrees of able-bodiedness. And it helped me to really recognize how grateful I was that I, at least my legs for a time were still fine. And at least my, my brain is healthy Mm -hmm. And, and also just recognize that for some people, mm-hmm. this is like an everyday challenge. So it, it helped me, it, it helped me to be more compassionate. And I, it's almost, mm-hmm. it's, I'm almost ashamed that it took me so long to be able to have this sense of compassion. Of course, like, I, I feel like I'm generally empathetic, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm more empathetic in a way that it couldn't couldn't have been possible if I didn't have my able-bodiedness compromised. Wow, that was so well said. I I can definitely agree that um, in that my concussion has had to um, make me be more resourceful in seeking out like those assistive technologies. Even till this day, I use voice memos just so that I can lessen my screen time. And I actually love voice memos. It's so much easier than texting. But I think it also makes me more grateful that there is support and resources out there for those who need to, you know, use voice memos or speech to text or any other types of assistive technologies. And I quickly want to shout out the Center for Accessibility at UBC. I had an appointment with them and I'm grateful that I I had options that can help me thrive this semester. And there is support out there, either people who are facing disabilities or who have ongoing medical conditions. And of course, I can't speak for those in the disability community. But yeah, I, I'm i going to take your challenge of like extending my compassion and empathy for those, especially after going through this concussion injury of mine. So thank you, Lauren. So Lauren, I know we're in, we're going through a special time right now in that obviously we're during, we're in a pandemic. It's really hard to stay connected um, physically and that most people are socializing through means of FaceTime or Zoom or just online formats, of course, to, you know, not spread COVID. But I think we're both, we were both in a particular, particularly unique situation in that it was hard for us to socialize virtually in that it was hard for you to like text, text your friends and that it was hard for me to, it still is hard for me to FaceTime people without getting a headache. So I just wanted you to share more on what it was like feeling socially isolated with your hand and wrist pain and what you did to circumvent and address your feelings of FOMO, if any, or just social isolation in general. That's a really great question, Chelsea. I totally felt that feeling that no one could possibly understand what I was going through, especially when it comes to physical pain. 
And it, it can be really difficult to empathize if you haven't experienced that yourself. And for me, I was finding that none of my friends my age had ever experienced anything remotely similar to what I was experiencing physically. And I, I, I found a lot of value in talking about what I was going through. Um, even if people couldn't truly, even if people couldn't relate to the physical pain I was feeling, it felt really cathartic just to let people in on not only what the physical pain felt like, but what the emotional pain felt like. Right. So for me, I I tried my best to to still keep in touch with friends as much as I could and update them on where I, I'm at. And I, I feel really grateful because a lot of my friends uh, would just check in on me and just send me a really simple but meaningful text just saying like, oh, just wanted to check in. Like, how was your last doctor's appointment or how mm-hmm. how is your pain doing today? And I totally overlooked really simple things like that. And it really, uh, this time that was really difficult for me, it, it brought to light just how valuable my friendships were in a way that I, I just hadn't valued them before. So um, I'm trying to think back to the original question, but, but feeling isolated, I think also from taking the semester off, a lot of my Friends have either graduated, they're working full time, or they were in school. So I, other than than really Chelsea and maybe a few other people, I I didn't know anyone else that was kind of in the similar time in their life like me, and and that's okay. And I had to be okay with um, it, it. It it at times did really feel like this singular experience, but at the same time, I I also acknowledge that even if my life circumstances are a little bit different, like we all can relate to feeling isolated during the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I just had to be a little bit creative. And I want to share something that I I actually did start doing in quarantine. Um, So I knew when, when I, when I knew that I I wasn't going to be able to do classes, um, I just thought, okay, well, I, this might be a, an opportunity to try something that I've never done before. So I decided to join a Zoom public speaking club, which I know you're probably thinking, how how do you do that over Zoom? But it's at UBC. <laughs> it's called Toastmasters. And it's actually uh, an international thing. They have these clubs all over the world. And UBC has its own club. And basically, we meet once a week, every Wednesday. And we practice giving prepared speeches and, and improve public speaking skills. And it's something that I hadn't had much experience in my undergrad being in math and psychology. I'd never given like presentations. I've done mm-hmm. workshops and stuff in the past, but this is a completely different experience giving a speech that's five right. to seven minutes long in front of maybe mm-hmm. 20 or 30 people. And it's totally been, mm-hmm. I would say like, one of the few things I had to look forward to every Wednesday, I got to connect with other students that go to UBC, people I haven't met before. And meeting new people in quarantine is really rare. It's few and far between. So I really value just getting to just talk to other people that weren't yeah. my family or my friends, who I obviously love talking to. But it, it just gave me a, a new perspective, um, which I found to be really valuable. And kind of the more... Uh, like not only did joining Toastmasters, it's it's so fun to be able to master a new skill and to get better at something from the comfort of your own home. But I also just felt 
this sense of community that mm-hmm. I had been missing for so long. When Chelsea and I were in the the volunteer program that we were in, Wellness Peers, like that was my sense of belonging on campus. And right. after leaving the program, I was like, now what? Like, what, mm-hmm. what am I a part of? What is something right. that is outside of myself that I feel connected to? Mm-hmm. So for the first time in like months, I finally felt like I finally have a sense of community again. And it was right. so just integral to to getting through a, a really difficult time in my life, probably the, the most difficult. So, so yeah, I, I had to just look for ways, even if it's on zoom, it's not, it's not ideal, but it's, it's the closest to, to getting to meet and connect with new people. Wow. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. And I commend you for elevating your, your public speaking skills. Cause I think you're very articulate and eloquent as is clearly as you're demonstrating right now. And I'm happy that you found an online community through Toastmasters. That's such a cute name. You're you're so nice to me, Chelsea. I I don't even know how to respond sometimes, but I I just I so appreciate that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna put the pe- the pedestal back on you because I I want to hear about how you were able to um, maybe outside of volunteering and outside of getting to do the podcast. Like, what were some ways that you uh, were able to feel connected? And I want to hear more about maybe the sense of FOMO that that you might have felt as well. Wow, thanks for uh, passing the mic back to me, Lauren. Um, Outside of volunteering and podcasting, um, hmm, did I socialize beyond that? Um, (laughs) I guess I have my family, yeah. Um, I tried to, I, so currently I am back home living in my humble abode with my family, uh, my parents and my brothers, and I... And really made, I, I was really glad to have made the decision to come back once the pandemic unfolded in March 2020, because at the time I was um, living alone and the impacts of social isolation were very apparent to me. So I just tried to, throughout my gap semester, I tried to be more mindful of spending more time with my family because it's easy to not spend quality time with the people you're living with because sometimes you consider living with each other as counting as spending time with each other if that makes sense and to I guess draw a clear analogy I'm going to talk about Madison my roommate from first year in that she's like literally one of my closest friends we've been close friends since high school we roomed together in first year at UBC and we found that by second term we weren't prioritizing quality time Um, Because we kind of said, you know what, we see each other every day, that counts, right? So I tried to do the same thing and by being mindful and spending more time with my family at home, whether that be cooking or baking with my mom, or just having life talks with my older brothers, because there are days where like, I literally just pass by my brothers, and we do not say a word with each other. So I'm grateful that I have, I can socialize uh, face to face with at least my family. And I also want to, I know you you asked me how I socialize beyond um, podcasting and volunteering, but I do want to extend my gratitude again towards Kendra and Madison for helping me produce this podcast because there is a lot of screen time involved and they've definitely acted as my eyes and still do act as my eyes by taking most of the screen time off of my eyes and my brain. So I want to thank them and I, 
our Tuesday production meetings are like things I look forward to every week. And I think that has also helped me um, attain some normalcy to go back to your question towards the beginning of this podcast episode and that I had something to look forward to every week, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. with my some of my favorite people. So what was the other part of your question? Did I? Oh, FOMO. FOMO, right? Yes. Yeah, I felt FOMO in the sense that like I knew that there are definitely tons of people in this world who are experiencing a concussion right now, but I was obviously limited to access, I don't know, an online support community because it's hard to be on screens for me without getting a headache. But I felt, I also felt FOMO in the sense that you were, and I guess my other friend Cooper, um, like I barely knew any other people, any other of my friends who weren't in school. So it did feel like I was missing out on the student experience while knowing that most of my friends were in school and at times like I didn't I would want to um like have a call with them and stuff but like I was very cognizant that they were suffering through suffering through zoom university and that like they're I hear that like online school is everyone I've talked to says that online school is harder than in-person class um, or it feels that way so then I tried to I didn't want to disturb my friends from their study routine so when December break came like I was like booking back to back um call catch up calls with all of my friends and that was so rejuvenating and restore restorative I think that's the term you use and I loved it even though it kind of like burned me out like as an introvert low-key even though I didn't have constant um I guess social interaction as much as I wish I did I'm very grateful that I did contribute to my social health by spending quality time with my family who I live with and by volunteering and by spending my Tuesday nights uh, producing the podcast with Kendra and Madison. So I hope that answers the question. Definitely. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that, Chelsea. And I can totally relate. I live with my family too. And wait, before before I continue, how many older brothers do you have? Just two. How about you? Oh, you have a few, right? I have three older brothers. So we, what do we not have in common? I that's crazy. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. I, it's even like my mom and I, we, we've been, we've been playing Scrabble like every day. I know who has the time to do, to play it in 90 minute game of Scrabble every day, but it. I'm finding that it's, it's so really the, <laughs> thanks. It's the one time that we get to sit with each other and, and spend time and do an activity together. Cause between her work and my school, it's, it's really rare that we get to sit down and, and talk for an extended amount of time. So I can definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So many parallels. Wow. Well, I'm pretty happy with the conversation I've had with you today, Lauren. And I feel like I've just learned so much about you and and once again, influenced by um, your mindset, your mantras, and just how you go about dealing with um, physical injuries and like um, shifting your mindset that it's okay to take time off um, if it means bettering your health and like gaining more clarity on your identity and what you actually want to do with your degree. So before we wrap up, oh my goodness, Lauren, like I really want to plug your podcast. It's all good. This was the very first podcast that I um, picked up in the early stages of my concussion because I 
wanted some form of entertainment, which didn't require a screen. And everyone, please visit. It's all good. It's available on almost like all streaming streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure if you just Google It's All Good podcast by Lauren Lee, you can find it, right, Lauren? Mm -hmm. You could probably find the distribution site or the hosting site. Yes. Okay, awesome. And I say that it's life-changing and that, like, Lauren, like, I've – I only started meditating because of you, and I definitely only have the confidence to apply to transfer programs because of you. So when I say that your podcast is life-changing, it's very practical and – it's it's been so integral integral to my overall well-being and I could probably say that it has attributed to my recovery of my confession so I want to thank you Lauren for all the amazing work that you put into your podcast and also everyone please make sure to like her Facebook page so uh you can stay up to date with all her content I I don't I don't know how to respond to that Chelsea that is so you're so nice (laughs) I I really appreciate that and it it means so much to me, like truly to hear that things in your life are maybe a little bit different because of something that I've created. And um, I even remember like you, you and I unfortunately didn't get to work much together when we were both in Wellness Peers. Um, mm-hmm. But after, after Wellness Peers ended, I know that we got to connect. And I remember you messaging me saying that you have been listening to my podcast and uh, you were able to resonate really closely to my experience of changing majors. And I, I think that we're kind of in different like social circles, like you're slightly outside of like my circle. And just to hear from someone that isn't like mm-hmm. an immediate person that I know, um, it, it just means like so much more to me that I'm, I had a little bit of an impact on um, people in my community. And since then, we've gotten to just get to know each other more and bond over podcast things and have just found mm-hmm. so many like eerily strange similarities between us. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, like it brought us together and, and I'm looking forward to continuing this friendship and getting to know you even more. So I, I, I appreciate it. I like it a lot. Thank you. My heart. Thank you. Now, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm really grateful that, um, I mean, as much as I wish that we never had to go through the injuries that we have experienced or are experiencing, like, I'm kind of glad that they've united us in a way, um, along with podcasting. And I'm so excited to um, watch you grow once you graduate and enter the working world and see how you progress. It's all good. So I want to thank you again for coming on today. And yeah, just thank you and enjoy the rest of your reading week, okay? Thanks so much, Chelsea, and you as well. That was such a treat to host my good friend Lauren, not only because I look up to her for podcasting, but also because I admire her leadership in practicing all things wellness. As per usual, here are the takeaways from today's episode in no particular order. Number one, in a culture of non-stop hustling, it's time to normalize taking breaks, both short and extended breaks. If you have the means to do so, taking a gap year or gap semester can help you prioritize your health, clarify what program or career you want to pursue, and allow you to thrive after your break. In other words, investing time in the off-season will prepare you for your on-season. 
Number two, injuries suck, but the uncertainty that accompanies them can suck even more. Whether it be not knowing when you'll get off a wait list, your diagnosis, or when you're going to recover, it can be frustrating to grapple with so many unknowns. In times of uncertainty, it can be comforting to hold on to what you can control while practicing mindfulness and taking it day by day. Number three, recovering from injuries can feel like a lonely process. While not everyone in your social circle can understand exactly what you're going through, consider reaching out to people you trust and share how you're feeling. Injured or not, it's important to maintain social connection, which will help mediate and contribute to your overall well-being. Number four, appreciate the small wins. While Lauren and I never wanted to take our gap semesters, we eventually realized that the unexpected time off was a blessing in disguise. To Lauren, it meant having the liberty to do whatever she wanted, including finding a new online community. To me, it meant allowing myself to not worry about school, and for anyone who knows me, that's saying a lot. So, the next time you encounter a setback, give yourself permission to process the losses, but also look for the small gains that come your way. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Setback Stories. We're always looking for new topics and guests to bring on the show, and we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at setbackstories or email us at setbackstories at gmail.com. Finally, we're seeking ways to grow and improve our podcasting game. If you can, please leave us a review. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so that you will never miss a bi-weekly episode from yours truly. I'd also like to give credits to my team, co-producer and co-writer Madison Wong and technical producer and editor Kendra Tam. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes and I can't thank you two enough. Till next time. Okay. So I, I start talking? I think oh, okay. that's a really <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, go. Should should I should I start? Okay, okay. No, yeah, this is continue. the hard part about continue. Zoom recording. Sorry. It's 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 way easier in person. I okay, know. No problem.